Attention radio listeners. Oh, Thomas, get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please get me out of this game. You weren't paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Shays came into the basketball game. Jim Bayheim has inserted Shays into the game. Big guy inside. Maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And good morning. Danny Shays here with Aton Thomas on Center of Attention and sitting in for Aton, our buddy Seth Everett. Welcome. It's uh, always a pleasure to get uh, the reporter's point of view, even though athletes know way more than reporters, but uh, still always good to hear a different voice. How are you, Seth? <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate How's it. How's that for the big intro of all time? That was, uh, yeah, so complimentary. Uh, no, for a reporter, uh, you don't suck. How's that? How's that? <laughs> There you go. For a reporter, you don't suck. Okay, I can live with that. I can <laughs> High work praise with that. indeed. It's better than the stuff High I've praise. been getting on social media lately, so it's good. Oh, I'll tell you what, social media, don't get me started. I'm not I'm not a very you know, it's funny about social media. I'm not like that a hip guy. You know, I mean it's uh, from the social media town. standpoint. To know me is to love me. But you know, to you know, as far as uh, you know, I don't have a sex tape. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have tattoos. I don't have like the things that make cool people cool, right? Like Pharrell can wear the, the goofiest looking hat ever. And they go, Oh, that is so cool. It's Pharrell. Just see the hat he was wearing. And I'm like, dude, it looks you're, like you're talking you know, about Pharrell, the guy who sings happy or the guy who, yeah, uh, that guy, Pharrell, the, the radio host, Scott Pharrell. No, no. The, the sings happy okay. guy, you know, he can okay, wear got it. Remember, we wear all those crazy hats, and people go, "Oh, that is so cool! Pharrell's wearing it." You know, or, or there's guys who they wear okay. whatever, and they go, "Oh, that's the new style because he's doing it." I, I don't yeah. have that. I'm, uh, uh, although you know, the, the the sex tape thing. I've been thinking about that. You know, that may up my image. Um, we'll have to well, see. Well, then, you know, then, we'll, then we'll the question of does that. it exist, or do you have to first film it? That's the yeah, question. Because well, uh, if you have question. the sex tape, it's just not online. That's a totally different conversation. Well, that's true. If I if I say that, then maybe I'll invite hackers to hack my iPhone to see what I've got on there. Isn't that how most of these things get out? Uh, yes, there it is. But there, I, you know, I don't the understand. I have a password. I have a password that no one knows and no one going to figure out. And I don't. I'm not worried about that. I don't oh, understand okay. these places that ask you to change your password every 30 days. I like my password. It's good. Exactly. You're not going to get it. And who's gonna who's gonna remember baseball one? I mean, really? <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Was I not supposed to say that? That's funny. That that that's funny that you would think that that would be my my my, my handle, <laughs> my password. But that's all right. <laughs> well, if I told the real one, then people would know you. Okay, that's true. That's true. Uh, so moving on. Speaking okay. of social media getting people in trouble, sort NBA of. is in deep doo doo. Yep. Over the uh, Daryl Morey treat. For those of you uh, tweet, uh, for those of you who don't know the story, if you've been in a in a cave, the GM of the Rockets, the NBA's most China friendly team, uh, tweeted a support for the protesters in Hong Kong, and uh, and then it immediately kind of took it down, and, and because he got uh, you know blitzed immediately. Uh, the, you know, so he's kind of backtracked and say he's just a private citizen. He was not expressing the beliefs of the team, the league, the NBA in any way. 
Um, uh, even uh, James Harden jumped in. We love China. We love our fans. It's uh, you know the owner of the of the team came out and said we are not political. We don't make political statements. That was you know he's a great GM, but he was just you know saying a specific personal thing that has now come down and he, they've all quasi apologized. But is that satisfying the Chinese government? No. Uh, now it turns out that they're halting all broadcasts of NBA games in China. And even the politicians have stepped into the phrase saying that be a man, Adam Silver, stand up for human rights, cancel your NBA preseason games in China with between the nets, which is now owned by a Taiwanese uh, yeah. Canadian businessman, Joseph Tsai, and your premier now franchise, the LA Lakers with LeBron. Uh, they're playing games in China this week, bad timing. And so not only is China going to uh, uh, drop the broadcast, but uh, of course, Adam is now getting pressured to drop the games altogether to support uh, human rights in China. And, uh, and you know, he's kind of getting pegged as the, uh, you know, you know, whatever the right term is, not being too controversial, but, you know, whoring himself for money, the money of praying to the money god of China and, you know, the NBA, which is, of course, one of the most uh, supportive of players, uh, you know, being advocates and, uh, you know, standing up for, uh, for social issues. Now he's kind of caught in the squeeze of which side, you know, how does he support his guy without pissing off uh, China and shaking the money tree? Well, it's a, it's a really tough situation. And I, I mentioned earlier that I'm not going to sit here and say that I have a major issue with Daryl Morey because I do believe in freedom of speech. And that's the argument. This was not a defamatory statement. This was him sharing a political view. You can't encourage political views and then say, but Daryl Morey can't say something because we have business deals in China. And it, Which, it, of course, does be... not support political views. Correct. And Adam Silver is trying to walk this tightrope. And I have said that I, I can't think of in sports uh, a commissioner of a, of a major sport that has had this kind of pressure on both sides. Because what, what would satisfy the Chinese, which would get the NBA millions, if not billions of dollars, is for him to suspend Daryl Morey. And or free, fire him outright, or have him fired or, outright. Or have him fired, right. You, you, could, you could recommend that he be fired, but you could suspend him. You could suspend him for a month. Right. And he's not going to do that because then you're telling all the players you can't say what you want to say and do what you want to do. I know that's a song. But this argument <laughs> that I think that it is such a tightrope that Silver's walking, and I wish I had the better answer because this looks like it is going to be costly. And here's the thing. You're putting Adam Silver in a position – to support something that he doesn't even care about. Because do you think Adam Silver sleeps at night wondering what Daryl Morey is putting on Twitter? Daryl Morey, for those of you just joining us, he's the general manager of the Houston Rockets. I don't think about Daryl Morey. I don't follow Daryl Morey on Twitter. I could care less what he's writing on Twitter. And unfortunately, if you suspend him or punish him, it satisfies the bankroll. But at the same time you're going to go against what you say you represent. And so how far do you take your principles? Adam Silver is in a really, really tough spot.
And the problem is China doesn't take apologies, right? They want their pound of flesh. They have to demonstrate that this is, you know, forbidden to say anything against the values of China. And... Uh, uh, which is obviously against the values of the U.S. in every way, right? Freedom of speech, number one, you know, human rights, number two, right? Not being oppressor, an oppressor, number three. And, uh, and Adam has not only gone on record, but by deed has supported and encouraged his players and their social activism. And, uh, and even though this, I wouldn't even go so far as to say this is social activism per se. This is, you know, just a, a, you know, an expression of an opinion. Uh, it's, un, you know, uh, another squeeze, obviously, is that Houston is the most China friendly uh, team, you know, due to the relationship with Yao Ming, et cetera. With Yao Ming, right. And uh, so this is, you know, it, it's kind of like the diabolical double squeeze play. If it was, you know, Indiana, then it would be a less of a firestorm because, you know, Yao Ming didn't play for Indiana. And, uh, but the but timing the also, they're in Houston, the Rockets are in China while this is happening. They're in China right now. Yeah, exactly. With with preseason games ready to go, uh, like I said, with their premier team. So it's a uh, uh, yeah, it is a squeeze. So how do you know, how does he get out of this? Uh, you know, it's not the kind of thing where an apology is going to do it. Um, and uh, you know, do you set yourself up as the hypocrite, or do you, you know? Now, the, of course, the politicians are getting into it. They're they're uh, you know encouraging Adam to even you know raise the bar by canceling their their preseason games in China, you know, forget trying to apologize. They want them to, you know, double down and, and, uh, you know, make this a real issue for the U S well, and let's clarify one thing. Let's just make sure that we're saying this correctly. The NBA was paid to send these players out there. This wasn't out of the kindness of their heart. So the argument here is they are doing this for a paycheck. So if you say, well, you know what? Adam Silver, save face, just cancel the games and live to fight another day, that's a huge price tag to do so. And what business owner does that? Remember who commissioners are in every sport, whether it's Rob Manfred or Roger Goodell or Gary Bettman, they work for the owners. So that affects their bottom line. And I guarantee you there's some form of revenue sharing to get all 32, how many teams are there in the NBA? 30 teams in the NBA? Yeah, 30. All of them are getting a piece of this trip. So it's not just the Rockets and the Lakers and the Nets that are getting paid here. It's everybody. So how does Adam Silver face his constituents and say, you know what, we're going to save face. There's too much of a firestorm. We're going to cancel these games. They're going to be like, no way you're canceling these games. We want our money. And that's why I'm saying that Adam Silver cannot win here. And my heart goes out to him because this, this is a situation that no commissioner in sports has been handed this amount of dollars with this amount of offense. Well, and so, so I'm going to read quickly the quote from CCTV, the Chinese television network that is saying they're going to cancel sure. uh, the games. And this will really show you the squeeze that Adam is in right now. Okay, so here's the quote. We express our strong dissatisfaction and opposition to Silver's stated support of Maury's right to free speech. So they oppose his right to free speech to start with. We believe, continuing the quote, we believe any remarks that challenge national sovereignty and social stability do not belong to the category of free speech. 
we will also immediately examine all other cooperation and exchanges with the NBA. And uh, so, you know, where's the reconciliation? Where's the olive branch? Where's the place, you know, the meeting of the minds, right? They're saying, we oppose your belief in free speech. We oppose that you can, uh, you know, make a comment about our uh, society, that they do not belong in free speech, and that we're going to, you know, examine everything that you do. I mean, you've got the, the Lakers and Nets are ready to play on uh, Thursday and uh, we, we, Thursday and Saturday, the two games. And now they're talking about boycotting, uh, you know, NBA events. Uh, and, um, you know, so uh, so now he's in the position of where's the, you know, wh where's the bridge to cross? I mean, how do you, uh, you know, there, is there even an opening to discuss here? And it, it doesn't look like there is. They're saying, know. you know, they're you know, kind of take it or leave it. It is. It's a fascinating story, and it's it's something that I think, as an NBA fan, you say, "Well, if I'm a fan, okay." So let, let Danny, let's just play devil's advocate here, just for the sake of it. Yeah. I am Joe Fan. Okay, we're not in the media. We don't care about anything. I am Joe Fan of Team X, not one of the teams that's there or one of the teams that's there. I don't care. And I say, it doesn't affect my life. I pay. $200 for the NBA League Pass. I subscribe to all this stuff. I want to see my games. I have ESPN. I have TNT. I have everything. I don't care about this. Why should a fan care? A U.S. fan doesn't. But, you know, a Chinese fan cares about what the government tells him he cares about. It but, doesn't but matter what could he you really make the cares argument, about. But could you make the argument that if that affects the NBA's bottom line, that everything trickles down? Part of the NBA's brashness, part of the NBA's gravitas has been they are the best global brand. They, they are easily the most bankable global brand in sports, and that includes the Premier League. They're not more popular. Now, let me clarify. They're not more popular yep. than the Premier League. They are the most bankable. They are the most investable. The NBA is a global phenomenon. They are all over Europe. They are all over Asia. They are all over everywhere. Everywhere. And how the NBA tiptoes around this has a major impact on their bottom line. And as a fan, I think everybody should care. Absolutely. Well, at the end of the day, uh, you know, if I'm a team owner, you know, I'm going to my, my values can easily take a hit. I mean, the Chinese market is the biggest growth market. Now, the NBA, we talked you know, last week, they're trying to get into India as kind of a plan B for China. Uh, but China is the, you know, is the driver of where everything is going. And so, uh, you know, the that relationship, if it, you know, has the potential of breaking, you know, forget, you know, just kind of bending, you know, it has, you know, China with all the, you know, the backdrop of what's happening in our government relations, uh, you know, China, you know, the NBA has, this has the potential of being the, uh, you know, the we'll show you thing, you know, okay, Donald Trump, you're, you want to, uh, you know, put some tariffs on us, we're just going to, you know, cut ties with the NBA, you know, now deal with that. And uh, as a symbolic gesture, you know, Adam's comments back, uh, you know, he's going to be in Shanghai for these games and says he hopes he can meet with the, the quote, uh, he hopes he can meet with the appropriate officials 
to discuss the matter and put the remarks in an appropriate context. Um, but as a realist, he says, I recognize this issue may not die down so quickly. Well, I, I, I don't think it's not only going to die down, I think it's going to escalate as you have both U.S. politicians pushing on one side, Chinese politicians on the other. And the it seems to be the, you know, the solution from the U.S. side is, you know, China's going to demand their pound of flesh, uh, not, you know, let's discuss and, and move forward. So there's, you know, I don't know what the bargaining chip is on Adam's side other than, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Maury sacrifice. But, but do, all mean, right. Do, well, do, well but, on that but, note, no, no, we're going to take you our do first that? break here on. Right. Yeah. Oh, do you, if you're Adam Silver, uh, you know, do you is see that's a, where it's going? Is, you know, is Daryl Maury going to get fired from this? Um, at the end of the day, I don't see that China bends on anything. Um, I don't know if, if Adam, you know, I don't know the business, you know, that part of the business well enough to know if he has a chip to play, you know, to say, hey, you know, we'll throw something in the pot. Uh, but, you know, like I said, China has not known for their uh, acceptance of apologies. You know, they, uh, you know, they want a real, you know, a real thing you know, as a face saving device. So, so, yeah, I think uh, I, I think Daryl Morey is in trouble. Yeah, you know, from a from a yeah. career standpoint. That's amazing. Amazing. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take a quick break uh, with Seth Everett. I'm Danny Shays on Centers of Attention, and we'll be right back. This is Centers of Attention with a Tom Thomas and Danny Shays. And we are back, brought to you by Fusilla Automotive. This is Centers of Attention. I'm Danny Shays, and today filling in Seth Everett. And uh, so, yes, we got the, the big news out of China and the NBA, and uh, that's, the, that's the world that's pulling us apart. But in the world that's pulling us together, I really had, I love Ellen DeGeneres, and I had to crack up on her, uh, her thing yesterday. For those of you who know, she was at the... Uh, uh, Cowboys game sitting with George W. Bush, our former president, and uh, and naturally, uh, you know, they have a shot of her Miss Liberal uh, Hollywood elite <laughs> with Mister Conservative former president, and you know, she's texting on her phone, which of course is is so standard, and uh, uh, and as probably not surprising, anyone got blistered on social media by her fans with like like she was cavorting with the enemy. Right. Well, she, and, and then she she said that uh, the reason she she's upset that nobody mentioned that she got an iPhone 11. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. Exactly. Then, she was there on her new iPhone. And she said, I wanted to show show off my new iPhone. She said that she was invited by Jerry Jones's daughter to come to the game. And there's a bunch of people in the game. And, and George W. Bush is, is a Texas guy and, and uh, former owner of the Texas Rangers. And he was also invited in Jerry Jones's box. And they just happened to be sitting next to each other. And they were laughing and goofing and talking. And people thought it was literally like the enemy. And I miss politics when you could have a diametric opposition to a policy that a, that a that a governor or a or a mayor or a president has and yet still like them as a person and she made a great point which was be kind to others and when you say that it's not be kind to others that share your views 
It's be kind to others. Be kind to everyone and see if you can do that. And I think there's there's a great value to that. And I thought it was a great message. Plus, she's hysterical. She's done some of the funniest stand-up routines I've ever seen in my life. And I'm thrilled that she's had the success that she's had with her talk show. I never see it because I don't watch daytime TV. But it's she's a, she's an a, amazing talent, and she sent a great message. But, Danny, it reminded me, I, I hung out with George Bush once. George W. Bush no kidding. was... Was at the and you you as a as a gay liberal Hollywood star that was <laughs> probably right. a big deal. <laughs> well, I will say this: I didn't vote for George Bush. How about that? Let's just say that uh, I didn't vote for okay, George Bush. But he was at the Nationals Park opening game, the inaugural game ever for uh, the Nationals. He threw out the first pitch, and Hal Bodley, who is a longtime writer for USA Today. Uh, finished his career with MLB when he was a coworker of mine. He organized an interview with the president. Now he was the president at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like not, not the former president. Like he was yeah. in office. The, the most powerful man in the world was there and he was going to come to our MLB booth and he comes into our booth and he shakes everybody's hand. Everybody. I'm talking about every cameraman, every usher, every security guy he shook everybody's hand and then what he did was he goes so, so he looks at me i don't know why he looked at me but he looks at me and he goes so all you people work for M major league baseball and he said yeah yeah and he says um he says so bud selig signs your checks he goes my friend bud selig who wouldn't <laughs> offer to pay for dinner signs your checks and so we all laughed and said, yeah, yeah. And he leans in because I just had to have been standing right where he was. And he goes, do they pay you a lot? And, and I said, and so I, I'm, I had to be on call because now there's like 30 people watching me. And I just go, actually, Mr. President, I'd love to discuss that with you. <laughs> and, and it was like a laugh. And he took a picture with everybody. And then he got because we all had to be on a security list. He, he, you couldn't be in the booth unless you were right. background checked. So he had all of our addresses. He signed a photo that we took. We all stood there with a photo, and he took a photo with everybody and personalized, signed for all 20 people in the room. Could I did not vote for him. I had a chance to vote for him twice. I did not vote for him either time, but I will tell you, hell of a guy. Hell of a guy, and it was a great night, a great meeting, and it demonstrates how you can be diametrically opposed politically to somebody, and yet at the same time, like a person. And that was the idea that Ellen was trying to convey. Well, and that's, uh, and that's, a, that's a great story, number one. Uh, I love it. And, and number two is I, that's what I love about Ellen DeGeneres, right? I mean, you're talking about uh, you know, a sentiment and what you see in politics today, and regardless of which side you're on, but I think it's easy for anyone to see, is the people who are you know, shouting the loudest how divided we are, are the ones doing the dividing. And uh, you know, it's, they're not certainly reaching out saying, hey, we're so divided, let's do something about it. Uh, they're, they're saying, you know, we're so divided because it's your fault, because you're such a schmuck, because you're such a this, because I don't agree with you, because fill in the blank. And... Uh, uh, you know, and that's and I love what Ellen, who lives her principle, saying be kind to everyone, and then coming out and saying, and not just whether I agree with you or not, 
uh, you know, just be kind to everyone. Because here's the part, and I'll go just on my little bit of soapbox. The part that drives me so nuts about the righteous, I'm, I'm right and you're wrong. You and I can both be right because we may be in different points of our life. We may be in, you know, have different, you know, sets of values. So what's right for me, I can agree that what's right for me may not be right for you. And what's right for you is right for you. And you can, you can be right and I can be right and we can still have a conversation about it. And that's the part, you know, that, that drives me the most nuts. Okay. Now I'm done. Whew. Moving on. <laughs> so it's strong. And like I said, yeah, I you thought got my it was one, cool. My one political point in. Yeah, and, and I thought, you know, it's funny that, you know, they, they, they went to the Cowboys-Packers game, and, you know, a little-known fact, but why did uh, uh, Ellen want to go to the Packers game, besides the fact that she was invited by the owner's daughter? She's friendly with Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. Why would Ellen DeGeneres be, fa- you know, again, to put a sports hook on it, why is Ellen DeGeneres friends with Aaron Rodgers? Because they like each other. Because they're friends. And good for them. Absolutely, and uh, you know, and, and kind of following up with, with the uh, you know the Packers kind of stories. You know, Brett Favre you know came out and said that he's starting to have memory problems, and uh, you know the stories he should know that he doesn't know. He's only fifty, you know, not an old guy. Had you know three hundred NFL games. Says he remembers a few concussions, and sometimes you just got to say you know in, in today's world of social media. If there was a time you know, to forget some things, that's a good time. I mean, some of the social media stuff is too much. So, so hoping Brett, uh, you know, doesn't have a, you know, something beyond just hi, I'm fifty, I forget stuff. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but it just just reminds you, that it's a you know, it, it's a tough grind, yeah, and, tough. and uh, you know, we don't uh, you know don't take all that stuff for granted. You're you know. I'm a little older than 50, and I, of course, remember everything that's ever happened. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you uh, also didn't reason... play. But you didn't play football and didn't get hit as many times. And I think no, it I raises... had a couple. Of, I had a, I had a couple of concussions. I mean, there's a. I definitely you know, at, at Syracuse woke up in the middle of practice with everyone staring at me, going, "Why is everyone staring at me?" Oh, because you got your head stepped on and you were out cold for two minutes. Oh, oh, wow. oh, that. Yeah. Wow. So, so it happens, but. Uh, uh, well, uh, you know, hopefully I'll remember your name at the end, by the end of the show and, uh, in good shape. <laughs> well, it's and good that, that you're high. <laughs> or maybe I want to forget your name by the end. We'll see how the show goes. I'll, I'll let you know in, tw- in 30 minutes. Uh, and on that note, we're going to take a little break here on Centers of Attention with Seth Everett filling in today. I'm Danny Chase. Be right back. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome back with Centers of Attention. Today it's Seth Everett with Danny Shays filling in. And as a reminder, on October 26th, K Rock and World of Beer presents Hollow Hops Brewfest in the shadows of the canyon at Destiny. USA with over a hundred craft beers from more than 50 breweries. It's a brew fest with a Halloween twist. Come dressed up for a costume contest, haunted games, live actors from Frightmare Farms and Museum of Intrigue, Halloween movies, and more. General admission and VIP tickets available now for the two brew fest sessions at Halloween-Hops-.com. Uh, or just HalloweenHops.com, probably, and buy in person at Branching Out Bottle Shop in Camillus. So, Seth, Halloween 
costume contests. Sure. One year I'm with the Magic, decide I hired a makeup artist from Universal Studios, did full out Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein with nice. my wife Wendy. She yeah. had the lightning wig painted up glow in the dark white with the you know with the ratty wedding dress. I had full on Frankenstein with the bolts in the neck, the flat head, and dude, I rocked it. So we went to a, we went to a, a big Halloween party. And the funniest part was my best friend in town didn't know it was me. I mean, I was so mad, you know, because they did all the prosthetics and the teeth and the, and the whole thing. And I'm up and I'm just doing my, you know, I'm not saying anything with the arms out and I'm grabbing him by the head and playing with his hair. He's like, get off me. Who are you? know, He was getting really offended. And I'm like, and he just could not figure out it was me. And, you know, and of course, I'm just killing him. I'm egging him on. I'm, you know, pushing and shoving and, you know, going up, making goo-goo eyes at his wife and, you know, the whole thing. And he's really getting mad at me. And so about a minute into it, I finally, I can't stand it anymore. I'm like, dude, who else could it have been? Who else could it have been? I mean, who did you think I was? And he just completely broke out laughing. Like, how could he not figure out it was me? How many, you know, seven foot guys are going to be Frankenstein, right? So I got to admit, so I, I do do a pretty serious Frankenstein. Nice. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and the flip side is how many, I, I go to Halloween parties, how many things can I actually be? What do you right? mean? Uh, well, I mean, there aren't too many seven foot like characters. I can oh, be Chewbacca. I see. I see. Yeah, you could be Chewbacca. I can be Frankenstein. That would be uncomfortable, though. I can, exactly. You know, unless it's really cold out, you know, the whole Chewbacca thing. Um, one year I did Beauty and the Beast. Oh, you were the Beast, huh? Well, you're wearing a I carpet. You know, it's got, if you're Chewbacca, right? Yeah. I can be Beauty and the Beast. I was the Beast. I mean, but how many things can I be realistically, right? <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I guess, I guess being seven foot tall, you, you couldn't do it. I remember, uh, when I met my wife before we were married, I had always had this dream of being with somebody that looked like Supergirl. And so we got Ooh. her the Supergirl costume, and yep. she then said, well, this was, she was 23, I was 29, and she said, um, you got to wear the Superman costume. And I was like, ugh, I, I, I don't look like Superman. No one sees me and says, boy, that's Superman, all right. <laughs> all you have to do is you get the wave in your hair, and you're, a, you're a, the, the splitting image. Yeah. So, so after that mortifying experience, I my new thing is I have a Superman T-shirt and I wear a button-down shirt opened, so it's like Clark Kent turning into oh. Superman. Oh, that's my, that's I my like go-to costume. All right. I love Super, the Seinfeld bit. I love the Seinfeld bit when you were growing up, when you were, when you were growing up and you had to wear, uh, you, you had those masks that had the rubber band, and that would pinch against your oh, face, yeah. and then your mom would wear make you wear your winter coat. <laughs> so you'd come on, you'd be bing bong, I'm Superman. <laughs> Why is Superman wearing a coat? <laughs> and then the and then the rubber band breaks he, and you, you I thought he was mad. naturally really warm. <laughs> so yeah, it's my Halloween memory. Actually the the one thing I was that that was a kind of a, a good one is I went to the big and tall store back in the old days and I got a pair of jeans <laughs> with a sixty inch waist. And I in a five extra large uh, sweatshirt, and I stuffed every sofa cushion in my house in this thing. And I went in with, and I needed suspenders, and I went as the thousand pound man. And 
I got to make the same thing. Got to make a guy to do some prosthetic chins, you know. So, uh, but it, it does. It takes some work. <laughs> there anyway, there's our Halloween. Uh, so don't miss the brew fest. <laughs> so okay, so Stefan, now I'm coming back at you. We had this conversation last week about baseball pitching rotations and and why yes. it's blasphemy to extend the playoff series because it throws off the pitching if uh, you yep. know the one team has to wait a week. And baseball players hate that. Okay, so the Yankees yep. sweep. Yep. Now they got to sit around. They don't play until right? Saturday. Gotta... Exactly. It's so brutal. they got to sit around for five days. So what's the difference? It's brutal. It's brutal. And you have to prepare. See, in this circumstance, you have to prepare for the other series to go five games. You have to be ready for that. So they schedule it on purpose. The first game is game one Saturday. It'll either be at Houston if the Astros win or at New York if Tampa somehow right. comes from behind and wins. And it throws everybody off. It throws pitchers off. You have to redo your whole rotation. So now if you're going to reset your rotation, there are going to be guys that pitched yesterday that will not pitch until game two or three. So now you're waiting eight, nine days. And I don't want to get into the whole science of pitching because I'm not going to ask you as an NBA player to understand the, the, the science behind pitching. But what I have been told by pitchers, because I don't understand it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's because you can't understand it. I'm saying I don't understand it. But pitchers have said to me, right. if you go off rotation once, you, it's like a DL stint. You need to throw extra times. And, you, you know, at this point in the season, you don't have that many bullets left in the holster. You've heard that phrase before. And it's tough oh, yeah. on these pitchers. And then you're asking them to beat their best at the hardest time. Baseball is a sport of routine. It's 162 games. You pay, play in a month, in a 30-day month, you play 26 to 28 times. 26 to 28 times in a month. But in the month of October, you play 11 times. It's, it's, it's wrong. Right. It, 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 I mean, look, and there's nothing you can do about it. You, you can only fix what you can fix. Extending the wild card game is not fixable. There's no space. And you can't stall this in even more. And I said to you last week that this, the World Series goes on too long as it is. Because one of the things you'll always notice is when they do this date in baseball history, during the first round of the playoffs, teams have already won World Series in the past. And what happens as a result, because you've stretched it out so long, there have been some years, not this season, but once there have been seasons where November is scheduled scheduled if you go six if you go seven you're going to be playing in november the only time baseball has ever been good in november is the 9-11 year and that was out of their control but when you can control it you should right. control it and i've said my doomsday world series because of how late they schedule it i want the cleveland indians to play the colorado rockies and i want a blizzard to wipe out both cities and i would love to see baseball <laughs> scramble to find a way to get these games in with both stadiums having under feet of snow. Like, you would see idiots on Twitter going, why don't they play it in San Juan, Puerto Rico? Why don't they go to a neutral site? They should play neutral site World Series. Like, they would, people would be out of their minds. It would be a doomsday scenario for baseball. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. You finally came up with a 
intelligent argument on why they can't extend the baseball playoffs. <laughs> because you're right. How many times do you see a baseball game with a pitcher blowing in his hand every pitch with that, you know, with the thing over his head, you know, in the in the you know cold wind at 36 degrees, you know, with drizzle rain and you know flakes of snow. So we moved we we moved to Denver. My son's a youth pitcher, and his first week of the uh, well, the first month got snowed, rained and snowed out. So they had to, then the makeup games got snowed out. And then finally he was, you know, he was pitching a game and I got great video of these big white flakes circling, swirling around his head as he's trying to pitch. It was, you know, those, those great snowball snow flakes. And, um, so, uh, you know, so, so it, it is a real thing. So finally you, you came up with a good argument on why they can't extend the playoffs. Cause you're right. Uh, you know, God for, cause supposed to, it's going to snow in Denver on, uh, Thursday, I think. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. So, see, I knew if you tried long enough, you'd come up with a, with, with something smart to say. It's uh, just applying yourself. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta love it. All right. So, who do you like in the playoffs now? Right? If uh, you think, obviously, you think Houston's going to go against the Yanks. Well, let's see who wins these National and, League series. Uh, I think they're 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 completely uh, they're completely. Uh, Pickums at this point. Game fives are fantastic, and both oh, those yeah. series have been great. Uh, Braves Cardinals should be an awesome one, and uh, I finally learned how to say the Braves starters' name, so I'm excited for that. Mike Fultonevich, love it. Fultonevich, I can say that. There you go. Um, and then the other series, which is right. also well, been you practice. equally. We're going to go to a break. <laughs> Equally good? Yeah. All right. Well, you practice. We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back on Centers of Attention. Danny Shays with Seth Everett. Talk to you in a minute. This is Centers of Attention with a Tom Thomas and Danny Shays. All right, Danny Shays and Seth Everett, we are back. And Seth's getting great pub time here, so I'm going to have to go with my boy Seth Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> so don't forget, Thursday with Seth Goldberg and Brett Axe. Get ready for the Syracuse Orange versus NC State Wolfpack. And they'll share with you all the experts who weighed in ESPN Syracuse during the week, including Eric Dungy and head coach Dino Babers. So for the Romano Subaru pregame show, don't forget to check it out. And uh, Seth, uh, you're going to do a great postgame show too. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, that's uh, right. But I had to laugh here. KD, Kevin Durant, talking about why he signed with the with the Nets, he says, because the Knicks aren't cool anymore. Nobody yeah. remembers when the Knicks were good. And <laughs> MSG isn't the same thing. And uh, he was going with the Nets because that's, that's where the coolness is. Now in Brooklyn, what do you think? He, uh, he didn't mince words. He was asking on a radio show, and uh, he, had no, he, he wasn't shy about it. And I appreciate his candor. But, uh, boy, Knicks fans are going to really boo him when he comes onto the floor. <laughs> they, they play each well, other like five times. Exactly. Exactly. And, but not you know, the this Knicks year because he's like not in it. Everybody. He, he's not playing this year. Right. So he can say what he wants now, but right. people uh, won't forget. But they'll remember. But I, I have to confess, I I kind of agree with them. I mean, the, the Knicks have been having so much bad pub for so long that it's hard to it's hard to think of them as cool anymore. What do you think? No, they're not cool. I, I don't like their owner, and I don't like what he did to uh, that young lady, Maggie Gray, and I'm not a fan of anything that the New York Knicks uh, ownership has done and their connection to Harvey Weinstein, and it's, it's kind of disgusting. Exactly. So they definitely need a, uh, a modern makeover. And on that note, Seth, great having you on Centers of Attention. We'll be back uh, 
Check us out next time with a Tom Thomas, Danny Shays, and now Seth Everett. Have a great day.